0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I'm Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girlie book series, and owner of CurlyGirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I'm here with my amazing co-host and good friend, Grace
1: Cross. Hi, Grace. Hi, Atara, and hi, everyone. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the world's only global parenting magazine, and you can find me at thebabyspot.ca. Now, Atara, audience, we have two really important guests that I am very excited about. Who do we have? I, too, am excited to welcome two guests
0: today, not one, but two, Erica Spates and Sam Littenberg-Weisberg. Both Erica and Sam are writers for many popular children's shows, including the hit child's program, Victorious. Currently, they're wearing multiple hats as executive producers and writers for the Netflix hit, The Healing Powers of Dude, an adorable show that introduces us to a boy and his dog as he navigates his inner struggles with social anxiety. Erica and Sam are both advocates for mental health and work diligently to cast actors that are disability inclusive. Their show, which highlights social anxiety, disability inclusivity, and the importance of supportive community, also happens to be very entertaining. So it is no surprise that The Healing Powers of Dude is fast becoming a must-see for kids everywhere. Erica, Sam, welcome to our show. We are so happy to have you here.
2: We're great. We're so excited to be here.
0: Well, I am really very, very excited because my young curly-girly daughter loves the show Victorious, um, which stars, in case anyone doesn't know, a young Ariana Grande. So um, I'm sure many of our listeners who have young girls feel the same way. Can you tell us a little bit um, about how you became writers for The Victorious Show? Erica, let's start with you.
2: Well, it was our first TV writing job. We had been assistants before that. I was on a TV show called House. Sam was on a show called family guy Um, (laughs) and we had recently gotten an agent and we were writing all the time and uh, our agent got us a meeting with the executives at nickelodeon and they just really responded to our material so we got the rare opportunity of going to meet on one of their shows and just hit it off with the writers there Uh, and it was a, a great you know first show for us it was a very supportive room really funny people um, and you know, fun characters to write for—Victoria uh, Justice, Ariana Grande—you know, like a lot of great ac- young actors mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And yeah, it just helped us sort of get our feet wet into the whole kids and family area.
0: The space, yeah. So, for anyone who doesn't know, can you just tell us a little bit about the theme of that show, Victorious?
2: I mean, the theme—you know—it was a group of friends, you know, a quirky group of friends. Everyone was very different, which I think was important uh, in shows like that. So you can. Everyone has a character to connect with, Um, and they were just, you know, pursuing their dreams, getting into trouble. There's a lot of getting into trouble, into mischief, getting out of mischief, Um, but really just, you know, a group of kids who are all very unique and specific, but all very supportive of each other. Wow, that is nice.
0: Yeah, it's a great show. It really it's It's adorable. It's fun. What would you say the age demographic for that show is?
2: You know, I think it ranges. Um, I think it really hits that sweet spot of like 11 and 12 year olds and maybe 13. Um, But young kids enjoyed it because, you know, you had the goofy puppet and some other of the boy humor. But I think teenage girls also really connected with those characters. So that's sort of what you dream of for a show like that, that it really does span, you know, eight-year-olds to maybe 16-year-olds.
0: Yeah, I have to say, it's unusual to have that happen, but my child is um, younger and she's loving it. So you really are capturing a whole audience of younger girls who like to feel like big girls, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They can watch like a nice um, family kind of show portraying older girls that they can look up to that moms say, yeah, that's good to watch. You can watch that. (laughs) So that's always nice. Right. Right.
2: Very confident, um, you know, girls who are figuring out who they are, but also have a very clear sense of self, which is such a good message.
1: Oh, such a great message. And what I love is that younger sisters can watch with their older sisters. So it actually, you know, uh, exemplifies family time in a way. Yes. Yes. It's good to bond for sure. And now we go further and we have (laughs) this new Netflix hit, The Healing Powers of Dude. Um, Both Atara and I love this show. And just briefly for our audience, um, it's a story about Noah. He has social anxiety and he has his support dog, Dude, who, uh, being an emotional support dog, um, navigates through middle school with this young boy. So tell us about the theme behind this show for our listeners uh, who will soon be watching for the first time?
3: Uh, well, I mean, I think the main theme and what we hoped everyone would take away is sort of hope and acceptance. And, and those are the most important things for us because, you know, if you have something that you're dealing with, whether it's on the outside or the inside, you know, just wanting the hope that you can still have a completely happy life and you can figure out the best way to deal with whatever you need to deal with. And, and part of that hope and the acceptance is having the support of an incredible family and friends to be by your side and, you know, get you to where you need to be. And, and those are the things that we, you know, really tried hard to, to, to show in, 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 the, in the healing powers of Dude, I think, with, the, you know, the family at home and the friends at school.
2: And it's also it's based on I, we should say um, Sam's younger brother. It's a very personal, real story. I mean, not all of the things are the same. Yes. Um, <laughs> a talking dog. Yes, there was yeah. I, I don't think there was a talking dog. Um, but they, but that's where it originated from. I'll let Sam. Go.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. My younger brother is also named Noah. Um, and when he started middle school, he uh, was having a really hard time, and you know, middle school can be hard for any kids. So at first we just didn't know if it was just, Oh, the normal, you know, difficulty of transitioning from a small elementary school, but we realized it was something worse than that. And, you know, back in the late nineties, social anxiety disorder wasn't like a readily diagnosed thing. And so it took a while to figure out exactly what it was. And, and, you know, my family just, we all just sort of rallied around him and, and it took a lot longer for my brother than it does for the Noah and the show to get into school. It took him almost an entire year to get in, but it was the same deal, We're just sort of trying as we sort of show in the pilot, it was those attempts of like, all right, we're gonna just try to get through the front door today. And if we can do that, then maybe we can make it a little further the next day. And so that that's sort of how it was. And we he did get a, a puppy uh, who was who was not he not, not someone he could, not a dog he could bring to school with him, but just a dog at home to have as sort of an emotional support dog, essentially, because it just was something that he could hold. And 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 pad and make him feel better when he was having those moments of, of difficulty
0: Well pets are so wonderful for kids in that regard, right? I think that's just such a nice thing in general and you know what I really love about um, The healing power of dude is I think children to a lesser or greater extent like they all feel social anxiety around school Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, I think you know it's a very intense experience going to school, and as you get older, you you're changing, everyone else is changing, the stakes get higher with the pressures with school, with what you're achieving, and so it is a very it's an intense environment for a person who's still figuring out who they are. So yeah, I think everyone struggles in some way uh, with school, but I think with people with social anxiety disorder it is an irrational fear. Like there's definitely rational fears about middle school. Those are very obvious. But then for someone with social anxiety disorder, it is everything is overthought and becomes this burden and this weight and this fear for them. I mean, really, you know, and even like ordering food in the cafeteria or riding a bus, you know, everything is, You know, will I be made fun of? Uh, Will something horrible happen on the bus? Well, you know, all these horrible fears and it, it doesn't stop. It just becomes more and more intense for someone and paralyzes them, really. You know, we have, that's why we sort of chose in the show to have these fantasy, for lack of better word, sequences to really explain how serious it is for someone who has social anxiety disorder, because it is hard to see from the outside, you know, it's such an internal struggle for someone. And we really, you know, discussed how do we go about showing how serious it is and, and really, but while also entertaining, cause that's number one for a TV show. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, but, but that's how we came to, you know, seeing when he has a kid, bunch of kids coming towards him because they're excited to pet his dog that to him, it feels like he's being surrounded by zombies you know, just to really get to what is that emotion he's feeling in that moment? How can we visualize that and get everyone to feel how he feels?
0: Well, you know, I always say like school is the only place um, where you're like required to be in a, in Settings that might not be best suited for who you are. You know, as an adult, you get to navigate that a little better. You know, if you're not so comfortable being in a big setting, you can work in a quieter setting. You can carve out a place where you're working more in a solitary um, position. But school, like, there's no getting around it unless you're homeschooled. Like, you are just going to be in a place with lots of other people. And so when you have social anxiety or any other kind of anxiety, it can be really, really paralyzing and overwhelming. So I think this show is nice for kids, like I said, of all spectrums of discomfort because they can see themselves in an exaggerated form but saying, hey, I sometimes feel that way.
2: Yes. Yeah, we definitely wanted everyone to connect with Noah. I mean, we worked with this young actor, Jace Chapman, who I think does an amazing job playing a serious subject in a comedy. Which you know, he had. We all worked very hard on um, it. It was very important to us that when people were watching him, they weren't afraid of him or turned off by him. That they wanted, they would want to be friends with him, despite him having social anxiety disorder. That it, it made no difference because they connected with him and realized he was a kid just like them had similar interests and that that was the idea for all of our our kid characters is they you know they have their different extremes he has a best friend simon who has no filter and just cannot stop (laughs) played by Mauricio Lara, who's just so funny and he just you know i we thought that would be really good to pair the character of Noah with simon because simon's never going to stop trying to be your friend so <laughs> you don't have a choice, <laughs> you don't have a choice in the matter. And, you know, that can be really scary for someone with social anxiety disorder, but then it also just allows them to give in. You know, this person is already putting in all the effort. Um, so we thought that was a good match. And then the other uh, friend on our show, Amara, played by Sophie J. Kim, is, you know, we, we we discussed disabilities that you can see on the outside versus ones that are on the inside. and And how it you know, for, for kids and for adults, you know, sort of understanding the the issues that both kinds of, of people with disabilities face, like how do you overcome, what are the biggest obstacles, how are you, con- you know, judged by others. And so we thought it would be interesting to have a character like Amaro who is in a wheelchair, but incredibly confident, incredibly accomplished, like nothing stops or fearless, And then pair her with Noah, who on the outside might look, quote, unquote, normal, but inside, you know, just struggling and has no confidence and is scared to step into homeroom and have them support each other. Uh, So this combo of kids had to sort of fit and help each other in some way, but also you believe them as a good support system for each other and and they all have their things they're working on, but they all have ways to help each other.
1: It's just incredible because um, we, Tara, I know you agree with me. We've been waiting for a show like this for a long time that highlights... Um, social anxiety that highlights, you know, mental health challenges and uh, physical accessibilities as something, you know, that is in the mainstream. We finally have seen a show that has uh, done this delicate balance. It's a diverse show. We see the characters coming from many different ethnic backgrounds, and um, they are coming with... um, social anxiety and they're coming with, um, mental health challenges, um, and they're overcoming it in the, the, to the best of their ability. Uh, and then we're seeing advocates, uh, for physical accessibilities. Um, how important was it for all, both of you to write and executively produce a show where accessibilities like this are highlighted to the audience as, listen, you should be associating with these people. They should be your friends. Stop being so afraid. Take away that stigma.
2: Yeah, it was very important um, from the beginning for us, for Sam and I, for Netflix. Um, It was, you know, the character of Amara was written to be in a wheelchair. And then there was no doubt in our mind that it would be played by a young actress in a wheelchair. I mean, not only was Sophie so talented and actually perfect for the part, um, but, you know, she also brought something, you know, the authenticity, also just the opportunity to... You know, which does not, unfortunately, happen for young actors to uh, to have a person in a wheelchair or with a, a physical disability get to play that part in a show. It's you know often played by people who don't have a disability, and so we were just so excited to find that young actress, and we got to see videos uh, from all over the world of. Young girls taping their auditions with their mom or their dad or their sibling, so excited for the opportunity to do it, and it was very amazing, very emotional, uh, but very exciting. And then when we, you know, Sam can talk about when we saw Sophie's audition tape.
3: Oh yeah, it was to paint the picture. It was a Friday night. We had seen so many, and we hadn't really. How many would you say
2: you had seen? Like, give us a number. I think well, our casting people saw more than we did. Yeah, I mean, hundreds and hundreds. And
3: we. Yeah, we had seen like less than that, but still a good number. And it was like, as Erica said, it was so amazing and touching to see all these parts. But these are all, most of these girls had never acted before. So we're trying to find that, you know, right, exactly. And then I saw Sophie's audition and Erica was upstairs. And I just like literally grabbed my computer and I ran upstairs excited because I was like, we found her. (laughs) And, And it was just so special because she also included in her audition beyond nailing all the lines was... Uh, a scene of her singing at like a a little school play thing she had done before. And so she has such a beautiful voice. And so immediately Eric and I, we started thinking like we had ideas for the season, but we're like, we need to rethink some stuff because we want to have Amara sing at some point. And so it kind of took us on that journey. Uh, in the season to follow her down that path oh
1: wow and i mean these kids these young actors wise beyond their years to say the (laughs) least right you have found i don't know how you both did it but found like three accomplished young actors who are just just have such a bright future ahead of them won't you agree oh
2: very much and we you know i think Mauricio had done a little bit and Jace had done a little bit, you know, Sophie had only done things through school. So they also came to us with not a ton of experience. No one had been, you know, a star in a show before. And that's a lot of pressure. And it's, you know, a a lot of work. We we had visual effects in this show. We have a you know, dog. We have, you know, for for children, you have a shorter day for obvious reasons when you're filming. So so you keep it. Concise, and you—you you only can accomplish so much, and then that's it. And we needed all of them to come incredibly prepared, with that passion and that energy, and they always did. So we were incredibly lucky um, to find these three. And our parents are amazing: Tom Everett Scott and Larissa Ol- Olenek. I always mispronounce her name; she'll hate <laughs> me for that. Um, but they are—they've all—they've both done this forever. And yet they're so down to earth, so lovely. They had great chemistry on our show. I just adore them as our parents. Uh, and they made us laugh all the time. It was just so much fun uh, to, to film with them. So we just, we got really lucky with the whole cast.
3: And, and what's fun, um, another little thing to just about, you do a network test when you're casting a show where you'll bring in like sort of essentially the finalists for each role and you'll see them audition for the network, you know, individually. And then you kind of mix and match in different groups. And, the first time that Mauricio, Sophie, and Jace all did it together, Jace referred to them as the dream team. And it was funny. And so you sort of saw that chemistry begin right there. And, you know, so it was fun when they all got the parts and realized that they all got the parts. It was funny to see that the dream team was was actually, you know, happening. We
1: still call them the dream team. Uh, yeah. They certainly <laughs> are the dream team. I think I saw the Healing Powers of Dude uh, billboard on Times Square recently, didn't I? Yeah. Oh yeah. We, Sam and I actually went out to New York. We were so excited
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to stand there and see it. So yeah, it yeah very exciting. it's it's amazing. You know, what's amazing
0: to me? There's so much content out nowadays. So it, you know, it used to be, you could have a show, um, you know, on Nick Jr. And you were done. You just made it. But, you know, now with Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, there's so much available. I I think people don't even know what's out there. So how do you get your show to really get a name for itself? So tell us the secret.
2: Well, you know, I don't know if I figured out the secret. I'm working on it. Um, You know, Netflix, you know, has been very supportive and they're doing what they can to get the actors out there to talk about the show, Um, but they have a lot of content. And we are, we're not only, you know, we're competing at Netflix, we're also competing (laughs) with, as you said, Amazon and Hulu. And and there are so many choices. And I think the way people watch shows now, because there's so many choices is you know, word of mouth. And that is just talking with your, with your friends or, you know, posting on Facebook. I have infiltrated mom groups, hopefully they don't hate me for it, (laughs) that to, to share, you know, what we were, what our, our show was about and the message and trying to start conversations with family about mental health and, you know, the representation. And I know as a mom and Sam, as a dad, like this is the kind of show we want. Our daughter to watch. She she has binged it a couple times, uh, but you know. So we we're just trying to get the message out any way we can. But it really is until I feel like you have seen the show, it, it's hard to totally grasp because I I I think we succeeded in making it a show parents will want to watch with their kids, which I feel like is you know a difficult thing to do. But we wrote it for ourselves. That was you know how we approach writing a show like this. And then also that even though it's a serious subject, it is a very positive, hopeful show. You don't, you know, there are emotional sad moments, but the idea is after eight episodes, you feel empowered to reach out to someone different than you that may have a disability that you no longer have that fear that if you are someone with a disability or um you know have anxiety that you feel less alone i mean we've had these amazing messages on twitter on instagram on facebook where people find us and they tell us thank you i can i just help me start a conversation with my kid about how they feel or i'm in my 20s and i'm in a wheelchair and it was just so amazing to see the character of Amara. I wish, you know, this had existed when I was little. I mean, it's just been so emotional for us. And it's everything we hoped it would be. We ho- that's how we hoped it would connect with people. And to see that happening has just been amazing. Wow. It's, I
0: don't know if you're familiar with um, the author, Kate to Camilla, but um, she writes children's books. They're, she's one of my favorite children's authors, and really, uh, uh, not similar to what you're doing, but similar in the sense that she writes very touching, sad, often really heartbreaking stories for children. And she, I've heard her on an interview also being asked, like, did you think you know, kids would respond that this would be appropriate, isn't it? Maybe too heavy a subject. Mm. But the truth is that kids pick up on everything around us. Right. And I think that it's nice to be able to have forums for them where they can... Touch on subjects that are often difficult to talk about that have an element of sadness to them that they can then take away something more powerful from. So, I think uh, a show like this, really like you know, Kate's books, that it goes a long way, and I I think you'll have staying power. I certainly hope
2: so. Thank you.
1: Come Come on, season two. Yeah, Mm
2: uh, no, I well, off of you know, I think that's so well said. Like, we grew up, I feel like, with shows that did go there and discuss issues. Um, and, And that kind of has gone away. And I think because there are so many options, a lot of times it's just easy to play it safe when it's a kids and family show. Don't upset anybody. Don't bring anything up too serious. Just let them laugh. But kids are smart. They get it. They hear it in their own homes. They're dealing with it personally. So to give them a chance to find a way to communicate how they're feeling about things, I think will be so helpful for them in the moment and also in the long run. I mean, you know, especially with mental illness. So I think it is our duty as writers to go there. And find a way to talk about these difficult issues and connect with people um, because, you know, TV is such
1: a great medium for that. And they're not alone. Like, people now watch your show and they feel they're not alone. Sam, because of this personal experience that Noah is a character based on your brother, that's why this show has so much heart. And... That's why this delicate balance of, you know, balancing diversity uh, versus um, making sure everybody's voice is heard. And also that you have just this dynamic program that is is really trailblazing into the 2020s, isn't it? Um, it's just doing so much for people around us. Now, we have families who still don't understand social anxiety disorder. How can families start to eliminate that stigma of social anxiety disorder if they do not have a family with social anxiety disorder, uh, a family member with sci- social anxiety disorder?
3: Well, I mean, as you know, as the show sort of illustrates and just in general, it is something that's on the inside that you can't necessarily like. Well, I guess with my brother specifically, even I have friends now that when I, you know, when the show started getting announced and all that, like they said they had no idea that he had social anxiety because maybe the times they would come ho- hang over at my house, he was fine that day. And it, it, he, he, it is something where, you know, he had a very specific trigger, which was middle school for him and, you know, a couple things here and there, but he could do other, other like activities that you'd think, how is he doing that if you can't do this? And it's just, it's, the irrational part of it is such a huge component that makes it hard to understand for people. And I think it just, it's just having to be open and understanding and listening and you know, whether or not you have someone in your family that has it, just if somebody is seemingly not wanting to do something or they seem uncomfortable, just really hear them out and don't try to force anyone to do something that they don't want to do. And that, that was the big thing with, with our show with Noah and and the character of Noah you know, he was the one who's like, I want to go back to middle school. I want to make friends. And, and his parents were like, if you want to do this, we are hundred percent supportive of you, but they were never gonna, if you didn't want to go like truly, they would not have forced him because they, you know, once you really are in it, you know, how incredibly difficult it is. And it's just, so yeah, it's just like being open and just listening, I think are, are the key things and, and, you know, really paying attention. And respecting
1: children as people, like individuals, uh, you know, I love that you don't have to force people to just jump into something, they will come to it in their own time, they just need the support system. And I think that is the key that parents can take away from this to be that support system for their children. Yeah.
0: And, and also, to, we had a wonderful guest on, Dr. Ross Green, who talks about the collaborative approach to parenting. And I think that's really such an important thing to remember also. And you're saying exactly that, Sam. It's like you, you can't force them. You can force ch- children to do something in a moment, but you cannot ever force them long-term. It won't work. They will at some point get old enough and they will say no. So really the better approach to all of this is to really collaborate with, ch- with your child. What's stressing you out? How can we make this better? How can we help you? And assuming that they don't want to do something, you really have to get to the root of it before you can you can make it happen because it isn't going to happen from any kind of force, wouldn't you agree?
3: Totally, yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that you really like nailed it there because that's. It is that collaborative approach because that's the only way you're going to achieve success because one side pushing the other is just not going to get anywhere. And so if you work with your child, no matter what the age is, like as Erica was saying, kids are so smart and so intuitive and and just you can... If they're they're
2: not wanting to do something, there's a reason. And then you got to get to that reason and talk about it. And then maybe you get them to the point where they do want to do it because you've given them the time and the attention to... Talk it through. Our daughter, who's only four, about to be five, we uh, she constantly needs us to talk it through. We cannot just um, say we're doing this or you have to do this. It needs to be a conversation. She wants to understand the why behind everything. And she has she's very sensitive. She has very strong feelings about things. And when we don't take the time to address them with her, and take you know, it, it gives her stresses her out. We see that she gets anxious and frustrated and, and acts out. And so it's, it's hard as parents. I mean, we're doing so much working and supporting our kids, but if you can take those five minutes and go, okay, tell me why you're so upset right now. I, I, that's what has sort of worked for us so far. Yeah. I think
0: that's true of people, right. In relationships yes. yeah. work, yeah. just like get to the heart of it and just Tell me why. I think you said that so beautifully, Erica. So I want to get to just like a fun moment. Tell me, like, are you on the set all the time? Is there like a fun backstage moment that you can share
2: with us? Sure. Um, well, we we you know we wrote the the scripts ahead of time, so we wrote all eight episodes, and then we went to Vancouver, to film, um, which was new to us. We've never done that before, and we were on set all the time, um, overseeing every department, every aspect, working with the directors. Uh, I think what was cool about our show, because of the people we cast and the, the department heads and everyone involved everyone was so they believed in the message of the show and they were really invested and really excited about it and felt like something new and they the whole crew really cared about these kids and um we so we just had a really supportive fun environment where we were working very hard and we're always almost out of time by the end of the day to get everything. There's always a rush, but, um, I think the kids just had the best time and they were able to become close friends and goof around and Sophie and Mauricio are always singing. So they just like break into song together on set, which is the cutest. Um, and then the dog, I mean, what was cool about our show because we had Murphy who plays dude and these amazing, Uh, And is there only one dog, Erica? Yes, there's only one dude. (laughs) (laughs) So impressive. There's not a twin anywhere. Oh, and and maybe that, you know, knock on wood. Like that is, (laughs) 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 you might usually have more than one dog. But, you know, Murphy's a rescue. Uh, He was rescued by his trainers, Stephen Gwen, from um,
3: Good Dog Animals. Good
2: Dog Animals. And he is just the sweetest Most lovable dog. He actually, Steve would always say that Murphy would wake up and be like, let's go to work, and like basically run there with his tail wagging. That's how he'd come on set. He would just be so excited to run around and greet everyone on set and just get to work. And he was sort of everyone's emotional support animal by the end because we'd pet him. And then there was a whole trailer of dogs that they brought along with Murphy where everyone at lunch would eat lunch quickly and then just go out and play with the dogs. So just it was a great environment,
3: and then yeah, so and you're then
2: the, having fun. It sounds like
3: oh yes. yeah, and I, I was thinking there's this one episode when um you know as Erica sort of alluded, they we're constantly like running out of time, and I think we had about like five minutes ago, and we were trying to do this, this steady cam tracking shot where like the camera person's moving backwards, and, and it involved uh, Murphy who plays Dude, and the director's like, I don't think we're probably just gonna have to punt this. We're not gonna be able to get the shot. I'm like, let's just try it. And then, like first take, Murphy comes around the corner. He's looking for someone in a party through this crowd of people, and he's like looking around. And then he finds her, goes right to her. Just like first take, just nails it. And there's things like that, which is just we. I don't think we ever would have dreamed that we had this dog that was so special that he could just do do pretty complicated things and just do it correctly on the first take. It was really amazing.
1: It yeah, sounds like better than stars actors. are aligning for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If that's not a message uh, for other families who are thinking about adopting a rescue dog, I don't know what it is. I mean, that's fantastic. Now, Sam and Erica, I'm not going to give this away to our audience because I want them to watch every single episode, but season okay, one, yes, of course, <laughs> season one ends with a cliffhanger. So can we expect a season two?
2: Oh, I mean, we hope so. You know, uh, like we've talked about, there is a lot of content on Netflix, uh, a lot of choices. The more people who watch the series and complete, you know, all eight episodes, that's very important for Netflix to make sure, you know, if people are watching all eight, that means they want a season two. Um, So the more people do that, the better, you know, we're all very passionate and excited about the Opportunity to do a season two, and we have some ideas. But yes, we did leave it on a cliffhanger,
1: um, just just to make it more exciting. If there is a season two,
0: <laughs> so I guess that our audience easy. is going
1: to have to uh, listen in and find out what that cliffhanger is. Yeah, <laughs> right. And they won't be disappointed. So make sure you watch every single episode on Netflix. And Sam and uh, Erica, what a joy you both have been on for our show. Atara, hasn't this been great? It's been amazing.
0: I want to just, end, I don't want to end without um, just asking, you guys are married, right? Yes, yes we are. <laughs> so, uh,
2: we spend a so lot just of time tell together. Us, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's it like working together, seeing each other literally 24-7 and collaborating on this really intense project? What was that like?
2: Most of the time, it's good. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. <What? laughs> <laughs>
0: Most it's of the time, it's already great. <laughs> yes, I feel like
2: that's a good percentage. Um, you know, we started off as best friends who mel- met at uh, film school. Um, and I think because we met at school and helped each other with each other's projects and were friends first, we had the foundation to do something as intense as make show- TV shows together and raise our daughter. Um, but yeah, we we just we respect each other. We think we both think we're funny. We both agree that we're funny people, and yeah. so we enjoy hanging out and joking around and coming up with stories like this together.
3: Yeah, and it's I mean as much as you know Erica can not enjoy if it's like six thirty in the morning and you know our daughter just woke up and I'm like, what if in, on page twelve we do this and she's like, I'm not, I need I coffee. need
2: coffee. Yeah. I need but, <laughs> so
3: that's the blessing and the curse of it. But I, I do feel like right from a writing perspective, I just there 's no one i 'd rather work with, and I know every when we 're working on a problem and we we find it together and we make it 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 always just just better, and we just feel it 's just that collaboration has just really worked nicely so Okay, we're going to make the theme of
0: today, collaboration. Yes, 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 that's fantastic. (laughs) I love that. I say, I I use that all the time because I think collaborating is great. But it it really is great to get to talk to both of you, um, the producers of this, like, really great show, producers and writers of this really important, powerful show that, as you say, is also entertaining, which I think, like, is so key. Um, So thanks for coming on and sharing with us. And we will do everything in our power to spread the word on your behalf.
1: Oh, we appreciate that. Thank you. This has been so much fun talking with you. Oh, it's been such a joy, Erica. Um, It's been wonderful talking to you, Sam. It's been wonderful talking to you. You'll have to come back on our podcast another time for season two, which we we love that. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. All right. Thanks again. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.